handle the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with a very special episode. The boys are in town. And, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Well, it's going to be a lot of that this today in this show. And uh, we're really excited to be home in New Jersey, hang out with these boys. We've been doing the show for over two years now. This is our first show together. And unfortunately, it's a, a MacGyver setup. We only got one mic. All my equipment's in Vegas. So I'm only passing it back and forth. Yeah, we have other mics. It just didn't work. We're retarded. Really, yeah, I was fucking retarded. But today we got a really special guest. And I'm really excited to bring this guy on. I actually met this guy at an event. And he's one of the most knowledgeable dudes I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. He knows so much about everything. He's the host of Red Pill TV and the Red Pill Project. If you're a Foxhole listener, you know him. Welcome to the show, Josh Reed. What's Welcome. up, guys? How we doing? Glad to have you for our first in-person studio studio show, dude. Welcome. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing me in, man. This is uh, this is going to be a fun night. I hope everybody out there has got a pen and some paper and ready to take some notes and understand a little bit about the world that I come from. That's uh, 25 plus years of research and study into the esoteric mysteries, the occult, and understanding really what is happening in this world of what I call the unfolding global conspiracy. Well, how did you get in? Because th that's that's why I let off with the fact that you're one of the most knowledgeable dudes that I've ever had the opportunity to talk to. And every time we get together and we get on the phone, we always end up talking for two hours and just talking about nonsense. And this is way long overdue. Uh, we've just been so busy getting ready for these lives. How did you start? Like what started your dive down those rabbit holes into the occult, into uh, the esotericism and all the evil that we're currently living through? LSD. Well, that's a fucking great answer. And we 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 love LSD over here. So what it was a specific trip, like you just took a trip and like explain that. So so um I, I started eating LSD around the age of 13. Um my my brother, older brother, kind of introduced me one night and after uh, a few bowls of some good weed and some uh some pink Floyd, I began to realize that uh I was more than who I was. And so you kind of walk through your early life, your, your early adolescence, not really having an identity and trying to find yourself. And you, uh, I, I actually came up with a theory later on about this, about how the soul or your consciousness comes into the body. And this actually happens through a, a very scientific process because energy can only uh, occupy a mass that is equivalent to that energy state. And so as a baby, your soul can't enter that full baby because that baby is really, really small and your soul's a big energy. So it takes time to come around this. And so what happened for me is I found myself and um, I started like looking for God. I'm like, what is God? What, like, what, what is this thing called God? Right. I mean, I was going to church. I was Presbyterian, you know, I'm going to church every Sunday on the holidays and stuff. And I'm just like, this is, this is boring. This sucks. I don't like this. Um, so I started reading the Bible. And at the same time, I started reading a book right over here, Dr. Mishio Kaku's Hyperspace, which is about um, quantum physics and super string theory. And at the same time, I was reading uh, the, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads and the Dhampapadas, which are three grand epics out of the Maratha Bharata, which is the Vedic epic. Um, and I just was I, li I like to read. I was a freaking nerd. And uh, I was going to say that's a hell of a rabbit hole to start off on, dude. That's well, like, yeah. Super so, nerd. so one night on LSD, I'm like, well, let's find God. And so I picked up the Bible and I started reading. And I'm reading through Genesis and I'm reading the first verses of Genesis. And it says, on the first day, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was void and without form. And I said, 
void and without form? That's a contradiction. How can something be without form as in it's in existence, but it's void at the same time. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. So I kind of go and get uh, a book on Hebrew and uh, Hebrew Bible. And I start researching a little bit more. And I find out that the translation is Tohavavuhu, which is means desolate and without life. And I said, why is this mistranslation here? It's almost like whoever wrote the King James version of the Bible was trying to tell us something by a mistranslation. And so I started looking more into it and I had, uh, I took martial arts for 16 years and I was in the Buddhism and I started thinking like, man, that's almost like Buddhism. Like everything exists and everything doesn't exist at the same time. God created the heavens, the earth, the earth was void without form. It exists and it doesn't exist. And and so I go down this rabbit hole and I started just kind of like researching heavily into the, the book of Genesis. I started researching into other different types of philosophies and ancient religions and mythologies. And I started seeing correlations between everything that was happening in the Bible and pre kind of like pre religions and philosophies. And that's around the age of 16. I got introduced to something known as the esoteric mysteries, um, the mystery schools, the ancient mystery schools. And, and where did that lead you with the, the ancient mystery schools? So it, it, it led me to a um, kind of a understanding of self-awareness of what consciousness really is and what my place is in the universe and kind of what this thing is that we call the universe or reality actually is. Um, and with lots more LSD trips and some mushroom trips, I began to kind of conceptualize a model in my head uh, that would really come forth more so about you know, 10, 15 years down the road when I became more mature. But uh, I began to see parallels in the sense of how ancient traditions and religions and philosophies merged over the Christian religion. So I started studying, well, what's the origins of Christianity, right? Um, and I started seeing some problems with the origins of Christianity. I started seeing a lot of problems with all different types of religions, not just Christianity, the, the, the three primary Abrahamic religions um, and anything else from Buddhism to the Vedic mythology, I started seeing massive problems. And one of the correlations that I saw is that everything related back to many, many different ancient societies that lived about 8,000 years ago and their deities that they came out of there. These, you know, the Roman gods have, uh, you know, Egyptian or Greek counterparts, the Greek counterparts have Akkadian, the Akkadianite have Canaanite, then the Canaanite has Sumerian, right? And you start mm -hmm. seeing this trend of like someone was taking the information and relating it to different cultures, and then these cultures would add their own attributes to it, and then just redesign these gods and goddesses. And that's exactly what we found from that. Yeah, go ahead. Like Horus and all that 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 whole squad of gods that have the same story. Uh well, yeah, that came out of the Zeitgeist movie. If you remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. in 2000s, yeah. Peter yep. Joseph did a documentary called Zeitgeist. I recommend anybody watch it if you're if you're questioning your reality because it's a really good red pill. Um, and a lot of the correlation of the, the stuff that he put in that film um, was a lot of the research that I was doing at the time. Uh, my good friend who just passed away, Jordan Maxwell, um, I was collaborating with him around this time, and he actually was a, a great inspiration for Peter Joseph to do that movie. Uh, oh, wow. But but so we start understanding that our history, even our mythology, is not what we've been told. And so this has been kind of like my, my thing, my whole life, my passion, is to dig in and research this as much as possible and trying to find out the true origins of humanity and who we are. And in the process of this, September 11th happens, 
Yep. Right. September, my red pill. Yep. September 11th happens. Um, I'm dating a girl at the time, my fiance, who is um, uh, a Swiss citizen. So she's from Switzerland and she works for the United Banks of Switzerland, UBS. And she's a senior account executive for the senior staff there. And uh, she, she starts red pilling me on September 11th. And she goes, I don't think. And by the way, I was in the military during this time. I was in I was in the United States Navy during this time. And she starts telling me, goes, you know, you got to ask yourself a question. Why is it that prior to September 11th, the UBS um, servers that were in the World Trade Centers never went offline longer than 45 seconds for maintenance? But on the night of September 11th, when the, or the day of September 11th, when the attacks actually happened, they were offline for three minutes and 45 seconds. When they brought them back off, up online, over $12 billion were missing from strategic accounts. And I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I- I goes, those are my accounts that I managed. I'm the one who reported it, and I immediately got fired after I reported it. She goes, the only way that that money could have got stolen is that they knew the attack was going to happen. Oh, of course. And I'm like, like, whoa, hold on a second. Here, right? It was a little much for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, look, so I started getting into this whole conspiracy realm in the sense. And I, I mean, I would been listening to Coast to Coast AM. I've been listening to a lot of stuff, you know, um, you know, obviously Jordan Maxwell. You had Bill Cooper. You had Alex Jones during that time. David Icke had read four or five of David Icke's books by this time. So I understood conspiracy, but I never really took it literal in the sense like, oh, the New World Order. Right. But yeah. um, after September, uh, after September 11, 2001, and really after about 2007 is really when things started to be set in the motion. We had the financial collapse. <clears throat> and other things and I just really went deep into esotericism and occultism and tried to really understand it more and more and more. And I became a practitioner of um, kind of like what we it's called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yes, um, it's, that's a, it's where a branch of rally comes from. Correct. And so I became a practitioner and I noticed immediately there was massive red flags everywhere. Like this was not how it was advertised. This is not what I had read upon for the last 15 years prior to this, right? That there was something wrong with the way they were teaching this stuff and their interpretation and understanding of these general esoteric concepts. Um, So I went out on my own and I had some very spiritual and mystical experiences. I mean, I'm not going to, I can get into it, but basically we had shit in my house was moving all around the place. Um, I had, you know, a pineapple that kind of went from one side of the room to the other side of the room and turned upside down. Um, we had, um, you know, I had a, a voice and I'm not crazy. I had a voice in my head telling me I was playing online poker one night and this voice is like Jack of spades and Jack of spades would come up It'd be like ace of hearts and ace of hearts would come up. And I started betting with it. And I got up to like five, six grand. And I'm like, wait a minute, who are you? And the thing's like, I'm not you. And I'm like, what the like I'm like done and I put this stuff yeah. away for a while. Yeah, what what kind of acid did you take? That I was sober. For hire. I, I was I was in the military during this time. I was completely sober. So so this this entity is not for hire, is what you're saying. No, I'm kidding. Th- this entity is not well, I learned later on what this entity was. Okay. So explain. Explain, yeah. Um, well, so basically is we all have kind of a connection to this other world to where our soul dwells if you think about it like this is that the the human body is a emergent phenomena right so our consciousness in this state is an emergent phenomena if you don't know what emergent means it means that it takes two things two systems have to come together and the merging of those two systems formulate emergent phenomena the phenomena only exists when these two things come together right and so uh, 
us as human beings are kind of this emergent phenomenon. We are um, a material body and we are a spiritual body. And when those two come together, they form us, this, this individuality, this human being of who and what we are. And so um, we have this connection back to our soul or to our spirit or to whatever you want to call it in this other realm of existence. Um, and what I find out later on is that I was really just talking to myself on a much, much higher level on a much more psychic level, mm -hmm. uh, very, very in tune with who and what I was, but I wasn't ready for the acceptance of that at that point. Um, and don't get me wrong. Freak you the fuck out. Yeah. It freaked me the fuck out, man. <laughs> and, um, I put the stuff away for a long time. I, I never practiced magic again. And this was, this is known as ritualistic magic or Enochian magic. Mm -hmm. um, and I never practiced that kind of stuff again, but I sought to understand it. I sought to, I sought to understand the process and what it was and how it operated. And then you start getting into things like natural law and you start understanding kind of what God really is in the universe. And so there's um, the, the universe, which is totality and absolutism. And this is what I would consider God. And it's mm -hmm. impartial to its creation, which means that God doesn't interfere with your actions or choices or anything. God just is operates through law. And these laws are very, very specific. And they're known as natural law. And natural law simply is how consciousness interacts with reality. And, and, and they're set like by the law. law of attraction. Well, in, in the, 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 the movie, The Law of Attraction, the book, The Law of Attraction, did a massive injustice to esoteric knowledge. Number one, there's no such thing as a law of attraction. The law of attraction actually comes about through the law of correspondence and the law of polarization working in unison together. But when we start to get into it, but yeah, you're right. It's like that. But so when we start to understand natural law is natural law. Do you remember in Buddhism, they talk about the middle path. Buddha always says, take the middle path, take the middle path. And then mm -hmm. you go into Christian dome and you start hearing about things about Solomon's temple and the two columns and Freemasonry. You have the two columns. Yep. And they always talk about the middle path and you're always getting tricked and deceived where that middle path is. And the two columns are Jaquin and Boaz and Solomon's temple. And they, they trick you with illusion to make you not see the doorway into the temple. Well, this is what we're talking about here is that natural law is that middle path. Natural law is kind of fate oriented if you want to look at it like that. And when you align yourself with natural law, your life falls into order and everything just unravels in front of you and you are very, very successful in whatever you try to go out and do. If you're outside of natural law, this is where you incur something known as karmic infliction. If you're outside of natural law, if you're not dealing with these laws of consciousness in the universe and you're going against them, you're going to have bad shit happen to you. You're going to have a bad life. You're going to be poor. You're going to you're going to have bad shit continuously happen to you. You should have pizza when you, you, you were supposed to French fry. You're going to have a bad time. That's right. You get that South Park reference? Yeah. So pizzas when you're supposed to French fry. So everything that I just explained here about natural law is the exact reason what is happening today with a lot of the things that are running. That was my next question. I was I was going to say, because Q tells us all the time that it's going to be big biblical. And I, I truly believe that we are living in biblical times. Um, how does this correlate to what's going on today with these evil occultists, with you know, the, the patriots that are fighting to save this republic, to save this world that we currently live in. How does this correlate? So you have to go back to about the late 19th century, early 
early 20th century to really find out what's happening here. Before I mentioned, uh, before we were talking, I was talking about something known as the Brotherhood of the Snake or the Brotherhood of the Sa- uh, mm-hmm. Serpent, also known as the Brotherhood of the uh, the Yellow Dragon and the Brotherhood of the Red Dragon, right? This is east to west separation deviation of these different mysteries. Bloods, Bloods and Crips. Kind of like that in, the, in the, <laughs> the secret society world. But this is one of the oldest secret societies known to man. Uh, and it's not known. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that it's, it's so secretive that they don't dare speak of it because they were persecuted for millennia by various different uh, authoritative figures, by different religions, the Crusades. Um, this is what this was all about. We talked about uh, St. Patty, right? St. Patrick. He went and killed all the snakes in Ireland. Did you know there's no native snakes in Ireland? No, there was never any native snakes to Ireland, but he killed them all. And the snakes in the reference to this were the Druids. This were the pagans that were occupied wow. in Ireland that they went and slaughtered. Okay. Reptilians. Well, not necessarily reptilians. Go ahead. Didn't they have um, large like serpentine burial mounds? Is that connected to them? Very much so. And so this is so the Brotherhood of the Snake kind of ejected out of a land known as Kemet or Kemet which is yeah, ancient Egypt. That. So ancient Egypt is Egypt is the actual, the name that the, the uh, Romans gave Egypt. The actual name is Kemet, Kemet, uh, K-H-E-M-E-T. Yeah. And it means uh, land of the, uh, the dark soil and the dark soil or land of the fertile soil or dark soil. And what that really means, and a lot of people talked about the, the fertile soil in the Nile Valley. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the, the fertile soil above our heads at nighttime. The fertile soil is the heavens in the sky, okay? Because that's where a lot of the traditions and understandings and knowledge in ancient Egypt or ancient Kemet actually came from. Now, from here, what happened is ancient Egypt in its old glory got destroyed probably about eight, 9,000 years ago, maybe 10,000 years ago. And the people left there and they went to various places. One of the places they went was Ireland. And this is where the setup of the Druids came about. All right. Um, and so, I mean, this gets into the Khazarian mafia. This gets into the whole creation of all these other different societies that rise up. Yep. But basically think about it like this, is that there's a certain knowledge from this ancient civilization that existed on this planet roughly 10 to 12,000 years ago. And this knowledge is of a highly advanced, technologically advanced and spiritually advanced civilization that lived on this planet, us, that was seemingly destroyed by someone or something that nobody really knows what it is. Um, if you go to the first century BC around this time, right after the uh, Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people coming out and saying that the story of Jesus is actually false and not true. And most of these were people known as the Gnostics. Okay. The yep. Gnostics name comes from Gnosis, which means to know or to learn or knowledge. Um, it's a really arrogant title, too. It means they're kind of like, oh, you know, huh? You're know-it-alls. But, yeah, they're know-it-alls. But the Gnostics had an understanding of what we would know as is, is, uh, a Coptic mythology or Coptic religion. So the actual story of Christianity derives from ancient Egypt. Prior to ancient Egypt, it derives from Sumeria. Prior to Sumeria, it derives from these ancient civilizations on this planet. Now, I don't want, need to go through the whole sun orientation, the soul, whole solar deity in the sense yeah. what the story of Jesus Christ that is told today to Christians, okay, was formulated in and around 325 AD, the uh, Council of Nicaea in Rome at Constantinople, uh, Constantinople or whatever the hell that is. Constantinople. 
Constantinople, right, by Emperor Constantine, okay? And what they did is they had this, this growth of this Christian doctrine that was happening by this sect that came out of Jerusalem around that time. And it was growing, and they saw the ability to utilize it and to mold it into their own fashion. And so what they did is they made basically every other religion, which they called paganism. Basically, paganism means derived from nature. Paganism, illegal. And they started merging the books of the Christian Bible at that time with pagan books. And over the next thousand years, they would eventually merge all the pagan rituals and ceremonies and also uh, holidays into Christian dome. And this is why you get uh, Christmas on December 25th, which is actually Saturnalia. Um, It's a pagan holiday. It's a pagan holiday, 100%. And so the story, though, of Saturnalia, the story of what they actually talk about is the rise and the fall of the solar deity. Now, this is an interesting thing if you actually talk about it because... the summer solstice and the winter solstice is involved. That's right. So basically, is if you take the sun on December 25th, and you watch it at one point in the sky. Just take noon, for instance, okay? The sun's going to rise one degree every day, okay? So one degree every day in inclination. And this happens for 365 days. Now, what happens, though, is prior to what's known as Easter, you have a holiday called Passover. Yeah. Now, 40 days and 40 nights before Passover, the sun is actually moving back and forth with Saturn. So Saturn is rising before the sun rises every morning okay eventually the sun takes over saturn on passover when it crosses over something known as the tropic of capricorn Mm -hmm. this is known as the passover holiday the hebrews literally called it exactly what it is it's the day that the sun passes over the tropic of capricorn all right and this marks that so many days later easter is actually going to happen easter comes from the birth of uh fertility the the fertility goddess oster austere astra astara Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Ishtar from Babylon. Yeah, you want to Ishtar, talk about yep. that, but it basically means it's time to plant your freaking crops. Um, and there's more esoteric meaning to it when you get into the Babylon. But basically, the sun starts rising one degree every day until this point in time. And it's said that Jesus fought the devil for forty days and forty nights in the desert, and Jesus came out victorious. And this is what this is actually representing because that Passover moment is the days in December are pretty short, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. So there's more darkness than there is light. Yes, that happens up until that day of. Passover when the sun passes over the Tropic of Capricorn. And is this why uh, a lot of occultists, they, you know, the black back box of Saturn, uh, is that all tied into it? So, yes, but there's, so there's a black sun and there's the, the light sun. Mm-hmm. And I'll get, let me get into that in one okay. second. Let me, let me, finish I, I'm this jumping part. the gun. I'm jumping. Yeah, the gun. You are. Cause I'll get into the real origin <laughs> of what that actually is. So basically it said that Jesus defeats the devil after 40 days and 40 nights and light is restored to the world. Okay. The light being restored to the world is the sun's actual transit in the sky, defeating Saturn, which is also known as Satan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Defeating Saturn, also known as Cronus or time. Cause time is always against you and time is always deceiving you. All right. But, yeah. It passes over. So it inclinates one degree every day. Now, this comes about, Passover is the spring equinox. Equinox. We'll talk about that in a second. And it goes all the way up to June 21st, which is the summer solstice. And then on June 21st, the sun does an interesting thing. June 21st, by the way, is the longest day of the year. Yeah. Okay? The sun starts declinating one degree every day. It starts decreasing in the sky. So if you're if you're watching the sun every day at noon, it's increasing one degree every day up until... June 21st, and then it starts decreasing. 
And so what's the what's the season right after uh, summer? Fall. The sun falls from its point of grace, from its high crown, from its high throne, and begins to fall down. Okay? <clears throat> this goes into the autumn equinox, and then the sun goes into the summer or the winter solstice. And something very, very interesting happens on December 20, uh, 22nd is the sun stops rising and inclinating one degree every day. Instead, the sun sits still and rises on the same spot every day and it has no inclination or declination. <clears throat> and this happens because of the, basically how it's, it's how the sun and the earth, how the sun and the earth go around each other. This happens because of just an optical illusion. But the thing is, is the sun sets on those three days on the Southern constellation of the cross on the Southern cross. Wow. And so it said that the sun dies on December 21st, which is the shortest day of the year. And then is dies on the cross. And then three days later, it resurrects again on the 25th and starts to rise again. Okay? A lot of this is detailed in, in Zeitgeist. A lot of it is right. It, this it, is, yeah, this is a massively esoteric story. Mm -hmm. Now you just, so, and this is kind of where the story of Jesus in the sense of paganism and the merging of paganism and Christendom actually occurred around 325 AD is that type of what we call anthropomorphication. It's taking some type of deity that has certain attributes. And I look at them as archetypes and then giving them celestial or um, anthropomorphized, basically bringing the planets down to earth and giving them attributes. Okay. So I really you, wish I had my pads and say, use your, I, use your small words. You know, I don't understand big words. <laughs> well, <laughs> no worries, but no, I'm, now yeah, I'm the balls. But you just asked between the the so basically, let me finish this up now. If you watch the sun every every day at noon and you track its voyage through the sky, what you're going to see is that sun forms a figure eight in the sky over 365 days. Okay, the top of the figure eight is the summer solstice. The bottom of the figure eight is the winter solstice, and the middle is the two equinoxes. And so it's a literal figure eight. The moon does this over a 28 day period, forms the same thing. Our solar system does this through the galaxy on an even larger scale, okay? Now, now that you know that, now you understand where the symbology for the number eight, meta, all of this mm -hmm. starts to come about from. Um, that's a deeper rabbit hole, but let me talk Damn. about the black sun and the light sun for a second. Go for it. All right. Do you ever heard of a guy by the name of Albert Pike? So now we're back in the, course, the late yes. Yep, Albert left, Pike, the head of Freemasonry. Left-hand path. That's right. So we were, I was talking about we had to go back to the end of the 19th century, the early 20th century to really understand what's happening today. Albert Pike wrote a book called Morals and Dogma. In this book, he talks about three different wars that are going to come about. Don't worry too much about those wars that are going to come about, but wor worry about what he said before this. He talks about the real battle on earth right now is between Adonis and Lucifer, where a Lucifer is the real true king God. And that Satan is a false deity that has absolutely no relevance except for the worship by the ignorant. Then he goes on to say that, um, that Adonis will be destroyed through his cult of Christianity. And that our purpose here is to destroy Christianity and destroy atheism, which doesn't make any sense because atheism is part of Satanism, isn't it? No. He comes out and says that our, our purpose here is to destroy Christianity and atheism because of the millennia of persecution that they have brought upon our people. 
This is the brotherhood of the snake. So you think Albert Pike was a good guy? You have to understand what happens. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Adonis, okay, is the sun god. Adonis yeah. is Jesus, if you want to look at it like this. Okay. okay? Ad Adonis, Adonis, however you want to look at it. Now, here's how the story unravels. <clears throat> In Genesis, God says, let there be light. light, And he separates the light from the darkness. Right there, God created the pantheon of angels in his first two angels, dark and light. Mm -hmm. Okay. When he separates the, when he says, let there be light, that's the creation of, I guess what you want to call Lucifer and Lucifer's twin brother. Yeah, he's he the, separates light, the light bearer. Yeah, that's right. He separates them right there and says light and darkness. Okay. The light and the darkness are the light sun and the dark sun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Adonis, the dark sun and Lucifer, the light sun. Absorb that. So, well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, cults like, you know, the Illuminati and uh, the Age of the Golden Dawn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were always about bringing, the, you know, the light bearer, the bringer of light. That's how they always saw him. And so then in what context does that mean for current current religions and current Christianity? Like what what how does that play into today? So you got to remember the modern day Christianity derived from Roman Catholicism, from yes. canon law. Okay. This religion was fundamentally created for authoritarian control over large groups of people by the suppression of knowledge, history, and philosophy. Well, that's why the Vatican has 48 miles worth of documentation and books. That's right. And so that tells you that modern day Christianity, okay, is not necessarily the true story of of jesus it's not the true story of christianity of what it actually represents i believe that the people are good-hearted i believe the people are true to to their word and they have absolute epic faith which is amazing but when we start getting into the details of what is actually happening we have to look in a more um, esoteric and occult perspective so during the same time a, a few years before you have a woman by the name of madame blavatsky Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Madame Blavatsky is the founder of the Theosophist Society, and they're basically going in and jumping into a lot of different types of occult and esoteric knowledge of the day. And they start utilizing mediumship, basically allowing entities to take possession of their body. Okay. And then basically reciting what they say and writing it down. And they claim that they were basically um, contacting these ancient masters from Atlantis, these ancient masters from Lumeria. These ancient masters from Egypt, like Toth, like Hermes Trismegistus, these types of people. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that that's complete and utter bullshit. And that we actually know that they didn't. So if you start going into like the Book of Toth, the, the, uh, the Book of Toth, the Emerald Tablets, these books derive from these types of mediumships. There's another one out there called the, uh, the Sace of Isis, uh, mm -hmm. written by Blavatsky. These things are completely wrong and disinformation in the sense of the occult history that we actually know, as well as the unfolding of how natural law plays into the fundamental aspects of reality. And this is where my research kind of originated. So you start to see that whatever they were communicating with was not nice. Whatever they were communicating with was manipulating them and the information. So when Albert Pike comes out and says this, 
He's getting this information from an infiltration already from many years previous from the Theosophist Society. These people were all collaborating, coordinating. Okay. So who were the Theosophists really talking to? Well, do you know where the word demon comes from? No. Demon is Latin and it means, daemon means disembodied soul. It means a spirit without a body. Okay. And the reason that they call it like this is without a body is because you can't perceive the body of something that exists within a higher dimensional time frame or higher dimensional space frame. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about it like this is if we're all a radio station, right? If, if, if reality is based upon radio stations and we're sitting here and we're 103.5, right? Well, what if there's beings at 105.3, right? KTU. Yeah, that's right. They're sitting at 105.3. Now here's the thing is we can communicate across each other, but we can't observe each other. We can't see the actual radio waves, but we can communicate through each other through basically various types of, uh, of mediums that come about. And so mediums of propagation, astral worlds, these types of things. So what they were doing is they were actually bringing forth these entities that exist on a much higher plane of dimensionality. Uh, the Gnostics wrote, vehemently about them back in the first and second and third century AD. And they called them the archons. Okay. okay. I've heard that before. Yeah. All right. And they called them the archons and they claimed the Gnostics claimed that the archons were the same beings that destroyed the prior ancient civilization. Really? And they did it through infiltration. Oh, sounds familiar. Now, this is going to get fucking cool. That now, sounds fucking familiar. We've heard that story before. Well, guess what? So now we get into the 20th century, and basically we get a guy by the name of Aleister Crowley that comes about, right? He's yep. a member of the Golden Dawn. Him and uh, Massey have a fallout, and he leaves the Golden Dawn, takes off, and forms his own re religion known as the Lima. Yep. Some people call it Thelma or it's the Lima. So – Thelema, basically, he came to him through a night of mediumship to where he, um, he, he psychically connected with an ancient pharaoh in Egypt known as Khonfu. Uh, and he drew pictures of him, right? That's right. And this, this, this being gave him basically what we know of today as Thelema, which is a sort of ritualistic magic. And mm -hmm. so to understand what ritualistic magic is or what magic is altogether – is every single person every day in their life is actually a practitioner of magic, whether you realize it or not. This isn't Harry Potter shit and little old wands and saying some Latin phrases. This is legitimate, real, scientifically proven. This is what I went back to school at, at CU Boulder and studied physics just to understand what these people were talking about in these ancient texts. And I merged it together and understood that the process of magic is simply the way that we influence our reality is that. Think about waves in an ocean, right? Mm -hmm. You take a pebble and you drop it into the ocean. That the ripples ripple out for eternity, but those ripples interfere with other ripples. And here's the thing is if you know where to drop that pebble and how fast to throw it into the water, you can anticipate the type of ripples that it's going to make and how those ripples are going to come back to you in reflective waves. Mm -hmm. Reality is no different. In the sense of how we actually formulate our imagination, our intention, our thoughts, and our action. And we utilize that into the, the universe, into the ether. And what happens is, is the universe reacts to our action. It's pretty simple, right? Every action gets an equal and opposite reaction. There you go. And so if we know that the universe is going to react to our actions, 
then if we go about and actually formulate what we can call a spell or we can formulate a prayer or whatever it might be, and we test them out over thousands and thousands of years and say, hey, look, I've done this one and this has been true and tested that every time that you do this, the universe reacts this way. That's what a magic spell is. A magic spell is simply people that came before you that have practiced this and said, hey, look, I've interacted with the universe in this exact way, and this is the result. Another person says, hey, I did the same thing. I got the same result. That's all magic is. It's how you interact kind of, and influence your reality. Kind of like science. It is science. It's a higher level science. science. Once you start to understand what it is. Okay, so magic is this process of how we can kind of um, interact with reality. Well, here's the thing. is I call it a trust-based reality. A trust-based universe. So a baby right? Can't not go out there and start moving mountains and, and moving cars and, and doing things, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have the knowledge. It doesn't mm -hmm. have the, the acuity to do these types of things. And so you have to gain trust over time with the universe. And this is why they go into ritualistic practice. This is why they go into deep meditation. This is why they dedicate their lives and study to these types of arts, because it gains that level of trust with the universe or the universal power or natural law or whatever it might be. But so you need a certain channel that is opened up between you and reality. Well, mm -hmm. Alistair Crawley went out there and he opened a magical channel. Okay. Cause what happens is, is symbols and words. These things have very, very deep meaning and context when it comes to vibrations in the universe, right? So mm -hmm. think about the universe as a big vibratory, uh, big oscillation of vibrations. Okay. Yeah. So when you put a symbol in there and people are focusing intention on that symbol, that symbol's vibrating in reality and producing influence instantaneously. The yeah. same thing with words. Words do the same thing in well, reality. This is why they do the, the halftime shows in the, the, the London Olympics. This is the exact same concept. That's right. This is why music is magical. This is why you can be in a horrible mood and you turn on some music and the next thing you know, you're in a great mood and everything is going right for you. OK, music is magical. It's the, the basic premise that you can use to understand what magic really is. Well, here's the thing is when you kind of like create a religion, a philosophy or uh, a cult, you create these channels which people can tap into. OK, and pull magic out and utilize that basically built up trust to move forth and do some amazing things. So he created this channel. Now, the beings that talk to him in Velima, you'll find out that they say, and Alistair Crawley says this himself, he goes, it doesn't matter if you're talking to angels or if you're talking to demons or if you're talking to Jesus or Satan himself. They will all ask for something in return for the magic that they perform for you. And this is the massive red flag right there. Here's the thing is you don't need any interdimensional, extradimensional angels or demons or anything like that to produce your own reality. You simply need to understand natural law and the flow and understanding of natural law and the magical channels that are actually open. What they did in the Lima is they basically learned to channel beings who then wanted something in return for going out there. And so think about telepathy, right? They would move an object in a room. And that person would be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. How'd you do that? I did it with my mind. No, some type of interdimensional being that has a higher technology moved it for them, but they want something in return for this. Under, understand this in the sense of ants in the ground. If your ants could power your house, if your ants could feed your family, if your ants could pay your bills, would you put them to work? Damn right you would. Yeah. Right. But the ants ever going to know or understand or even conceptualize who or what you are? No. 
No, they're only going to understand the sugar cube that you're giving them for doing what they're doing. It's just, yeah, and that, it's just like a dog in a treat. Oh. That's right. So when they were channeling these beans, these beans that were coming through is my theory is they were the archons. So if you go to the book of Enoch, the book mm-hmm. of Enoch talks about how the watchers were locked up for 90 generations. Guess when that time frame ended? When? 1900. Oh, the very beginning of the 19th century. Or the 20th century. 20th century. I'm yep. retarded. Uh, yeah, Same yeah, time yeah. that... I don't have my button. If you if, if if I had my button, you'd know. Yeah. Same time that Madame Blavosky is doing her channeling, Albert, uh, Albert Pike's doing his stuff, and Aleister Crowley's doing his stuff. Same time is when the Archons were supposed to be released from their prison, okay? And so what happens is... If you go back to the ancient worlds, they talk a lot about ritualistic sacrifice or blood sacrifice. Okay. Now, if everything symbol has meaning, then your blood has dire meaning because it is the vital force of life. Okay. And what these things actually wanted is they wanted sacrifice. They want blood. Now, they did this. That's what they would do. They would sacrifice innocence. They would sacrifice nescience. And they would sacrifice blood, children, whatever, to basically allow these beings to do this magic in the world to get power, wealth, and so forth. Now, it should be no surprise that in the 1960s, the Lima, the cult, infiltrated Hollywood. In what way? How did they do that? I, it makes sense. I get it, but uh, explain. Well, you, you got to understand how um, the, the esoteric mysteries and all the esoteric literature of the early 20th century actually arose. It rose out of the arts, Mm-hmm. And so the script writers, the screenplay writers, the actors and the actresses, they were the ones that were actually practicing these old occult religions. Oh, yeah. You had in the 60s, you had Jimmy Page buying Aleister Crowley's house. You had Roman yep. Polanski doing some wild man shit. Um, you know, that right. was that was the well, time for it. Now, now go. How about just go to World War Two or Nazi Germany? Do, do you ever have you ever heard of the secret society in Germany known as Astara? Uh, no, it's a, it's a name I mentioned earlier, Astara, which represents the Ishtar. The, uh, there you go. The horror of Babylon, Ishtar. And so a lot of this, what they're trying to do is they're trying to recreate Babylon. This is known as mystery Babylon. All right. Now, um, Ishtar is this primordial goddess of Babylon. And so this this part, I mean, that that's two hours in explanation right there. We'll, we'll just move on from that part. But understand <laughs> yeah. it in, in, in Germany. OK. What they were doing is they had a massive occult center that had arranged up around them. Ostara basically led the way for something known as the Thule Society. You probably mm-hmm. noticed the Thule Society, T-H-U-L-E, is known okay, as the yep. Thule Society, okay? Um, and basically what this did is it brought to um, Adolf Hitler and said, hey, look, there's certain artifacts around the world. There's remnants of ancient civilizations, and we want to go find them and go get them. And this is where they go out and supposedly find some – group of people known as the Vril. Yeah. Now, the Vril um, comes about from a uh, a story about 1858. This gentleman writes this book about his travels and how he journeys down into this cave and it takes him deep, deep underground in this place, Shambhala, and he meets this, this group of the species of beings that live under there and they call themselves the or they call themselves the Vril because the life force that they worship and they all share together is known as the Vril. Well, so the Germans went and looked for them and apparently they found them or they found something similar to them to unlock certain things. 
And this is where I believe the hijacking of a lot of this stuff started to come about. I believe that by this time that the, the dark, the dark, uh, arts had already infiltrated the the Rothschilds in the 1800s and the early 1800s because they're the one people that were basically funding a lot of these movements in Europe within 1850s and the 1860s. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that in the mid-1900s, this is what really kind of evolved out of um, Nazi Germany was this occult origin of the whole taking over and reestablishing Babylon. But first, what you had to do is you had to get rid of all the people who were basically posers of the old ancient gene lines, the old ancient genetic lines. Basically, humanity had gone off straight and basically intermingled amongst each other. And there are people that were pure and people that weren't pure because magic has a lot to do in the sense of the containment of the bloodlines and the containment of that DNA being purified. Well, we know Nick's not pure. He's got AIDS. Um, <laughs> it is so. Yeah, a little. It's, it's similar to Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay, but so how does all this relate to today? Yes. Okay, so what we saw happening is we saw a rebirth of occultism and esotericism, but really what we saw was a hijacking of these this ancient knowledge and these ancient mysteries to the point where they were perverted beyond understanding and conceptualization of what they truly were in the information that was truly made. Now there's things happening right now in this world that derive directly from everything that we're talking about. Um, you ever, you ever heard of the coming of the age of Aquarius coming of the age yeah, of Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So the Mayan calendar, 2012, all these things, right? Okay. So there's something known as, um, the grand calendar or big time or, mm -hmm. uh, this larger time that dominates over us. And this is the transit of our solar system through the galaxy. Now, what's interesting about this is you remember that figure eight that I was talking about before? Yep. Okay. So our solar system actually bobs up and down from the galactic center, right? So our solar system kind of is like moving through the galactic center, bobbing up and down around the galaxy. Now, Here's the thing. At the center of our galaxy is Sagittarius A and Sagittarius B, which are massive black holes. These form something known as a discretion disk, right? This is a big gravitational disk that runs um, horizontal through the Did planet you just say big, big dick gravitational disk? I said <laughs> big disk gravitational <laughs> disk. Big dick gravitational yeah. disk. Wow, that's a fucking... Well, so let me ask you this. Is if you have this center of gravity, which is horizontally distributed in a galaxy... Where is the, the most amount of mass and energy going to accumulate? The center. The center. The center of that horizontal disk. Yeah. So that means that the center of the galaxy that we transit through is very, very dense. The mm -hmm. edges are not so dense. Mm -hmm. And now think about this is that our solar system goes through seasons. It goes through two equinox periods at the center of the galaxy, which are very, very dense time frames. And it goes through very, very non-dense points, summer and winter. Okay? Now, back in 2014, there was a guy by the name of Dr. Martin Blank, still alive today. He wrote two great papers. The first one is called DNA as an Electromagnetic Transducer. And the other one is DNA is a Fractal Antenna. Okay? This guy is high-level high level scientist. Okay? And what he determined is that our DNA isn't just for encoding our genes through proteins, but instead is an electromagnetic transducer. It sends and receives signals. 
Hmm, that's interesting, All right? Anthony. And that if you cut DNA in half. Very interesting, Anthony. Well, and if you cut DNA in half, it acts as a fractal antenna, which means that it, you can fractalize it as small as you want. You can chop it down into a million pieces, and it'll still send and receive the same signals, <clears throat> even though that signal um, attenuation will be obviously degraded. Okay, so now you got to ask yourself, what frequency do they does your DNA receive signals at? Uh, what? <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Five, he said 5G. What, what is the frequency range of 5G? I was just fucking around. I have no idea. Okay. So the, micro, the microwave bandwidth starts at 3 gigahertz and goes up to 300 gigahertz. Okay. Now, there's something out there known as the cosmic microwave background radiation. You guys ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. They, they call it the, the remnants of the Big Bang. Right. Yeah. But it, but it's distributed throughout the entire universe. Um, if you actually go and turn on a old school television with the old uh, rabbit ears, that snow that you pick up or the static that you hear on the radio is actually that cosmic microwave background radiation. Now, that peaks on Earth at various points of about thirty two point four gigahertz. Thirty point thirty four gigahertz is the first band of 5G, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Just the first band. And guess what your DNA is receptive to? 32.4 gigahertz. The same as the cosmic microwave background radiation that permeates into the Earth. Isn't that interesting? Do you think this is why they're deliberately attacking our DNA? Do you think this could be a connection between the uh, autism rate or like uh, special needs rates between all the microwaves, all the cell phone towers and all the little bullshit going on in the world and all these kids getting fucked up and rewired? Not just yeah. that, but also heavy metals in their body. Which you ever heard of the Dark Pyramid? What? The Dark Pyramid in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Trump flew over it. There's supposedly a Dark Pyramid in Alaska that's 150 uh, feet underground. And it's like seven times larger than the Great Pyramid. It's buried underneath. They found it because China did underground nuclear testing. Um, and the reverberations from the earthquakes that it produced actually showed a seismic pyramid showed it through the seismic scale that there's a pyramid under the ground and the military went back in the 19, uh, 1980s and discovered it. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tom DeLong actually talks about this and validated it and says that it's transmitting a signal that suppresses human consciousness. Now, that's what we're getting into right now is the suppression of human consciousness. I have a docu-series coming out called The Slave Matrix, slavematrix.com. And that's exactly what this is all about, the transition of our old prison into our new prison. Now, what they're doing. When's that going to come out, though, for our audience so they know? To May looking. 17th. May 17th. Love it. So that's coming out next month. That's so when that, next when, month. That, when that comes out, Josh is going to send that over to me, and I'm going to share that everywhere so you guys will be well yep. aware. Look out for this documentary that he's got coming out. Josh is killing it. Okay, so what we want to see is that our DNA sends and receives signals around the 30 to 34 gigahertz range, that there's something known as a cosmic microwave background radiation that peaks out here on the Earth and basically the ground level about 32 to 34 gigahertz. Well, this can't be a coincidence, and there's even articles by uh, people that worked with Dr. Martin Blank talking about, did the cosmic microwave background radiation have something to do with the formulation of our DNA and our evolution? There it is. There's a connection right there. We start seeing that we have a connectedness to the universe, an Mm -hmm. actual signal that is transmitted and received, transmitted and received, as in we're a feedback loop with the universe. It provides us information. We provide it information. 
back and forth, back and forth. Well, this is exactly how this whole magical thing actually operates. Go ahead. Have you seen Interstellar? I have. Interstellar? You have you seen it? Yeah. What do you think of that connection between him connecting with his daughter? You think that shit's kind of real? That could be done? Black holes, dimension, outer space. Yeah. Because so, if your DNA is connected, then you could connect that frequency from follow to daughters, whatever, if they share the same DNA. I think it's more true than we ever believed. If you yeah. get into the work of Nassim Harriman and you understand the, uh, the Schwarzschild proton and what a black hole actually is, it makes 100% complete sense. Where do you think they get the ideas for these fucking movies anyway? Like, it all comes from reality or something that they're not. <laughs> psychedelics. Lots of psychedelics. psychedelics. Yeah, like, lots of psychedelics. Lots of psychedelics. But what you're saying is how we receive information, we put information out there. It's just so remarkably similar to all of the motivational stuff that I look at and how, you know, you become what you think about and what you put out it becomes amplified in your life and doing these daily affirmations. Nick is huge on affirmations. He got me doing that. But that seems like it all really ties into basically everything you've been talking about so far. That's right. So, um, I, I can finish that, but come, make, let me come back to the DNA aspect in a second, but I'll talk about what you just talked about there. So when you start studying the ancient mysteries, you start learning a lot about yourself. You have to understand how the mind works and how the brain works. I actually did a, um, um, a course called the four body system. And so we have four bodies and how these four bodies actually operate. You have your, your physical body, you have your emotional body, you have your mental body, and then you have your spiritual body. Right. And there's actually there's actually six of them, but the spiritual body is basically a mirror of the physical body. Right. And so you have a you have a self in the spiritual dimension. You have yourself right here in the physical dimension. But the best way to explain this is that your, your body is a transducer of electromagnetic energy. Everything that's coming into your body right now is electromagnetic. Mm -hmm. if you touch something that's electromagnetic forces interacting. If you breathe in something, everything that's happening in your olfactory system is electromagnetic in process. Your eyes, everything that's happening is electromagnetic in process. Okay, so we know that all of our senses are electromagnetically derived, which means that electro electromagnetic information comes in, interacts with our organs, our bodies, and our sensory organs, and then basically we have this process of reality that occurs. Now, let me explain this process of reality because this makes a lot more sense when you start understanding where the derivation of modern-day Lucifer in Christianity actually came from. Modern day Lucifer is known as the false light, the great deceiver, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, sun, light, reflects and refracts. Light in the rooms reflects and refracts, right? Mm -hmm. Those waves come back and they hit your eye right here. Your eyes has something known inside of them known as rods and cones. And those rods and cones start vibrating due to that electromagnetic energy. And they produce electrical impulses that go down your optic nerve to your cerebral cortex, which is back here. Your cerebral cortex is in the deepest, darkest parts of your brain. Your cerebral cortex has never, ever in all of its existence experienced light before. But your cerebral cortex utilizes your beliefs, your experiences, and everything that's formulated in your body and, and through your life, everything that you keep within your mind to formulate what it believes to be out there in your reality. So the tapestry of reality that you see inside in front of you right now, everything from the cups to the computers to everything is an illusion. It's not real. It's not what's really there. It's deceiving you to make you think that that's what's there. That's the false light of Lucifer. 
false light of Lucifer is the actual light that reflects and refracts to trick your mind into believing that this is reality. When in sense, this is a, your best interpretation of reality that your mind could come up with, but it's actually not reality. Does that make sense a little bit? Makes sense, but then what would what, what is reality? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, let me, and I want to touch on this as well. So, as information comes in, right, there's something in natural law known as the law of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Newton derived this because Newton was a hermeticist. Hermetics actually go out there and study natural law. The law of cause and effect is basically looked at in the sense that there's two domains of existence or two domains of action that you can be in, okay? You can be in the realm of effect, which means that you are completely reacting to everything in your environment. If you're completely reacting to everything in your environment, you're producing nothing new. I I use a great example as if you have a job, right? You get a salary. That salary is nothing more than a bribe to forget about your dreams and work for somebody Mm -hmm. else's, right? Facts. That that's the land of effect. You're taking orders and you're doing what someone else tells you. You're expending your time to do that and work for their goals, their benefit, and not your own. Then you have the land of causation, the realm of causation. This is where you're, this is magic. This is where you're an active participant within the creation of your reality. Now, here's the thing. Reality is a feedback loop. Um, there's something that I created out of all this esoteric knowledge. It's known as the, uh, the exchange principle, or it's called optimization theory. To give you a very, very simple rundown, excuse me, is anybody here a scientist? I wish you're way smarter than I am talking like you are, you okay. are right now. <laughs> I, I've, I've sat there with quantum physicists, cosmologists, and so forth, PhDs in the industry, and I've asked them this question. I said, what if I told you that everything that happens in the universe from the subquantum to the quantum to the molecular all the way up to the macro to the cosmological? Every interaction, every every law that you derive from nature, every single energy exchange is nothing but the same process occurring over and over and over again. And they look at you and go, no, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you got the strong, strong nuclear, you got the electromagnetic force. No, no, no. All it is is the same process in one system occurring over and over and over again. And this starts to make a lot more sense when we start seeing the, fun, uh, the foundation of what... Um, religions are based upon you ever heard of the trinity Mm -hmm. okay so think about this is that if you have something right here system a and system b and system a and b come together and they merge together and they form a new system one's at a high energy state one's at a low energy state those two energy states will begin to come to a median energy state a median but they'll form together and they'll form a new system dependent upon the attributes of those two systems, okay? That new system is an emergent phenomena or an emergent system, right? It's going to be at a lower energy state than the higher one and a higher energy state than the lower one. Now, this one is more complex, more structured, and in a sense, more intelligent than the two systems that it was before. This process repeats over and over and over again for billions upon billions of years until you have massive complexes of intelligent structures that are architected, that are exchanging energy. And we call them now human beings because that's exactly what we're doing. We're nothing more than that same process acting over and over and over again in the universe. Okay, so now we understand that. Now, there's something in electromagnetic wave theory. There's something called destructive and constructive interference. Constructive means that when two waves of the same frequency come together, they increase their amplitude, 
And this is called constructive interference. And you can actually um, you know, increase uh, radio signal attenuation through this process. There's another one called destructive interference. And this is where one wave is 180 degrees out of phase of the other wave, and they cancel each other out. Now, here's the thing, is that if I have one wave transmitted here and one wave transmitted here, in between, they cancel each other out. So if I go to measure something, nothing's there. It's zero. It's gone. But if I take a wave and I send it perpendicular to it, all of a sudden you'll start seeing interferences. But here's the bigger thing is both those waves still have an antenna and a transmitter and a receiver. There's still power going to those transmitters and receivers that are sending the signal out and receiving the signal. But yet we're, we're not measuring anything in between. That's called optimization. Okay. Now, Modern day physics that believe everything is moving to a point of ent entropy or a point of zeroness, right? That's not really the case. Everything's moving to a higher state of energy or a point of optimization. Everything is evolving its energy state to a higher, basically, vibrational rate. What's happening with those two waves in that destructive interference is actually they're oscillating together in an optimized state, forming a new emergent system that we cannot perceive in our dimensional realm. Okay? Yes. Okay, so when we start wondering about what reality really is, is reality is this interaction between you, your system, and reality, it. I call it, I am and it is. It's very, very simple. If you deduced everything down to basic logic, I can't prove without a reasonable doubt that you guys exist. I can't touch you. I can't see you, right? Even if I was next to you, I can't prove that you exist because I don't exist within your mind. I cannot experience your thoughts or anything of that nature. I can only understand that I exist. Now, this isn't solipsism where I'm God and I'm the only thing in existence. Instead, this is another variation of an idea that the only thing that I can prove is my existence and my existence within something. You guys are within that something. I call it it is, right? You guys exist within reality, and I'm interacting with reality. Those are two systems. And when we come together, me interacting with that system, we produce an emergent phenomenon. Now, if I know that every time I interact with reality, I produce an emergent phenomenon, now go back to the law of causation. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I have my mind in a certain sense of balance and understanding, if I know natural law and I'm aligned with natural law, if I have my, my, my mindset aligned towards my goals of the future, right? And I'm performing actions that are derived from my intention towards those future goals, right? Causation says that I'm creating my own reality and therefore the universe should react and start moving things around to make my reality start occurring because that's the emergent phenomena that I'm actually creating. Wow. That is fucking wild. And it really ties into a lot of the stuff that you talk about, Nick, all the time. About you know, law of attraction, creating reality. Yep. So I got to ask this then, because and we'll circle back. Actually, no, let's circle back to the DNA because you were talking. You, you said we had to circle back to this. So let's circle back to the DNA real quick before I ask my my next question. Okay, so blood is incredibly important to these archons. Mm -hmm. Okay, definitely. Um, think about it in the sense is that they they might exist on a higher dimensional level and they're utilizing us for something or some way or like the ants right mm -hmm. but the blood is the connection the blood is what's producing those ants that pay our bills and the feed our family okay yeah and so to them what they do to us is not evil because we're simply freaking ants and we're dumb enough to fall for their tricks again over and over and over and over and over again right so they've infiltrated our society they've infiltrated our world and my my perspective is that these people walking around aren't clones they're possessed they're possessed by 
these different archons. So one of the theories that we had is you ever heard of the term blue blood? Mm-hmm. Okay. You ever heard of a, um, something called Tataria? Yes. Okay. So you, you've heard about the world fairs and how the world fairs yes. had um, infant baby incubators at the turn of the 19th century. And they would put yes. babies in these incubators on display at the world fair. Yes. Do you remember all the books written in the late 19th century and early 20th century about orphanages? Yeah. Why were there so many freaking orphans? Where were all their parents? Why did they have to create babies in incubators? That's a good fucking question. No fucking clue. Oh. Well, let me ask you this. Is also during the 20th century, there was a problem that arose through married couples. Did you know that uh, blood types didn't match and that you would have to go get a blood type before you uh, actually had and conceived children in the 20th century. That's right. No, you have a marriage license, but you have to go get a blood test to make sure that your blood was compatible because of something known as the RH factor, the Reese's monkey factor. I've heard this before. Okay. Now you've also heard that the Anunnaki genetically altered us, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, the Anunnaki. Yeah. My theory is a little bit different. Shoot. Let's hear the it. Anci- the ancient civilization wasn't actually so ancient. Maybe a few hundred years ago. And we actually have evidence on the planet for this. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. But So like pre-revolutionary war a hundred, few hundred years ago? or Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, uh, the Black Plague, right? Mm-hmm. The Black Plague killed millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever heard of the French catacombs? Yeah. Okay, the French catacombs span underneath Paris for about 30 square miles. They've only excavated about three square miles of the French catacombs. Other people have gone further. But you know what? You have riddled throughout all of the catacombs? Bones of people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's said in history that the the Jesuit priests basically had the cemeteries overflowing, so they took the bodies, burned them, and took the bones into the catacombs, and then basically took the femurs on one wall, the skulls, and made art out of them, and organized the 30 kilometers of the catacombs into this beautiful art of human skeletons. And this is about, uh, about 10 different priests over 10 years. Okay, so if you do the math, of how many bodies are actually below in the French catacombs in just the three square miles, it's six million people. Oh, where have we heard six million before? Oh, well, hold on. Six million people. Why is that an interesting number for the 1500s in France? The, the population, I don't think, was anywhere near that. Not only that, is the bone spread the full square, 30 square miles. So if you do the math, on a factor of 10, that's 60 million people buried in the French catacombs. Now, here is the kicker. The population of Paris was less than 100, I think less than 100, or sorry, less than 300,000. The population of Europe was approximately 1.2 million. And there's 60 million people buried under France, buried under Paris in the French catacombs. How about this? At the turn of that the makes 90- a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And they just yeah. love to use that 6 million people, just coincidentally. That's right. And this is during the Black Plague, a virus that eliminated 85% of the population in Europe. All right. 20th century. The population of the world at the turn of the 20th century. Anybody got a guess? Six, uh, uh, six billion? I don't know. One, one billion. 
Mm-hmm. One billion. Now take me through the 20th century, World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression. You have Mao Zedong in China. You have mm-hmm. Stalin. You have Mussolini. You have mass genocide. So up to 1950, a half a million people are dead. Probably even more. Yeah. So do the math now. We have a population of approximately 8 billion. In order for that to happen with a population at the turn of the 20th century being 1 billion people, every single person on the planet after the other 500 million were killed off, every single person would have to have 8 children and those children have 8 children. My mom's one of nine, but there's not many like that. So then where do all these excess people come from? These these incubators in the World's Fair? And so that's the question is, why did they have incubators at the World's Fair? Population was low during this time. There's not enough time in 50 years to repopulate the earth up to 4 billion people. We had wars. We had famine. We had genocide going on. I mean, Mao killed 100 million people himself. Yep. Right? Stalin so, killed 60 yeah. million. So either we're being lied to about our history. Which I feel like is very, very, very much the case there, Josh. And we've been lied to about everything so yeah. far. So in history, no, nah, they're telling the truth there. Okay. So when two married couples come together and they have an RH negative factor and they have they go to have a baby, the first baby always dies. Stillborn. And so this was a problem and they fixed it, right? Vitamin K shots and all these things. But here's the thing. Why was the blood doing that in the 20th century, but not the 19th and 18th century? From the incubated babies, you think they, they they didn't match up? Why did they have to have incubated babies, and why were there so many orphans? As a sense that all the adults were dead or gone. I'm going to yeah. take you through a little story of Tataria. Now, Tataria is a proposed ancient civilization that lived on this planet. Very, you can actually find them on older it's maps a, in the 50s. It's a wild rabbit hole. It's a fucking it's a wild, wild, wild fucking bananas rabbit hole. One thing to ask yourself is why is the Great Wall of China? Why are the outposts for the security guys pointed towards China and not outwardly? That's a good question. I never been there. China didn't build the Great Wall. That's why. Okay. So Tataria is supposed to be this vast empire of highly advanced, highly technologically, and highly spiritually developed people, right? It's even said that giants and so forth lived in Tataria, dwarfs, gnomes, all this type of shit from Middle Earth you'd see probably in Tartaria. Okay. Um, Remember the archons I was talking about? Yeah. Blood's important because that's their medium of transmission for possession. Which means that they can actually take over a physical body, vibrate with it, due to the resonant vibration of your blood. We knew this and they destroyed our old civilization. So what did we do to ourselves? We genetically altered ourselves by adding the RH factor to our blood. Uh, so the R can't. can't so R now, can't. yeah. So now the Anunnaki, right? The Anunnaki genetically altered our DNA. You remember this? Yep. 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 We did it to ourselves so that we could stop the invasion from these beings. And then we, they had already destroyed our civilization. We imprisoned them for 90 centuries, Book of Enoch, right? Mm-hmm. And basically we moved down with society. Well, guess what? A few select dark magicians decided not to get the uh, the gene therapy of their blood. A lot of them had already died off. And uh, what happened is the Archons took over control of them and utilized them as vassals to basically reign over the Earth. 
This is called the divine right to rule. These are the blue bloods that have interbred with with the elongated skulls and no, no. This is kings and queens in, in current monarchies. Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of those those bloodlines they have fucking these crazy yeah. elongated skulls. That's right, but they're all Rh negative. Really, I did not that's know right. that. So yeah. now ask yourself, what is going on today? What is going on today? Explain. Well, our DNA, much, much, many of us have Rh negative and Rh positive, right? So if you're mm-hmm. Rh positive. This thing obviously can't latch onto you and control you, and this is one of the reasons why our population has been able to grow to such a large number because they can't control and call the population. That they try and this to is why they want depopulate. Is this is why they want depopulation? There, that's one of the that reasons was, they want that depopulation. That was the question I wanted to ask. Okay, okay, okay. perfect. But not only depopulate depopulation. Think about it this way: is uh, they want to repopulate this planet with themselves, so that means that they need to change our blood back they have to undo the genetic alteration to our blood that we did however so long ago is there any way that they're genetically altering our blood that's happening now fauci ouchie man and can i i'm gonna say something here so uh i got my hands on something and uh it (laughs) Okay. Uh, okay. We have to hold this. We'll, 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 this is fucking, it's wild. Uh, but there's an. Why do we imprison these people for. Why do we imprison them for 90? What, what the fuck was it? Why don't we just kill them? Well, so that's the Book of Enoch, right? We, we don't really know what happened okay. to them. Most likely they went back to their own domain, domain and we shut off the communication with them, right? So that's what I look at in the sense of we imprison them is basically we shut them off from our reality. Okay. But people in the 19th and 20th century brought them back mm-hmm. and that becomes a big problem. So when we start looking at what's unfolding right now, um, Dr. Artist just came out with watch the water. Yes. Yes. Okay. I haven't seen this yet. I've heard amazing, amazing things. Watch the water. I sent it to you guys today. Oh yeah. This is, I, this is no joke shit. I, I sent this to you guys today, and it's something that Q talks about all the time. Watch the fucking water. All right. So, and by the well, so, wa- go ahead. Go ahead. Well, watch the water is basically basically the claim is that they're putting snake venom, okay? That mm-hmm. COVID nineteen isn't real. That it's actually snake venom that's being pumped into the water supply system and genetically targeting people because it's a genetic variation of snake venom. Um, I agree and disagree with some of it, right? But uh, I think that he's absolutely 100% that it's being targeted in public water supplies and that the virus was mutated by a snake. We actually see evidence of this, okay? Now, the snake obviously has very, very uh, severe implications in the sense of esoteric symbology and all these types of things, Satan, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing to worry about about the snake. But what's interesting is he talks about the miter hat. This is the Pope's hat. You ever seen the Pope's hat? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they say so, that they wear that hat because he's got the fucking the the old popes had the elongated skulls. Well, the the hat actually is a derivative of a fish, and we're mm-hmm. not talking about the Jesus fish, which is just no, a visca yeah. Pisces. If you yeah. don't know what a visca Pisces is for the audience, go check it out. That's that little Jesus fish. That's a visca Pisces because uh, it's a Piscean symbol because we're in the Piscean age, and that's what's ruled over the last two thousand years. Right before oh. that was was Moses, and that was Aries, and he was the ram's horn. 
Mm-hmm. Before that was the golden bowl, and that was Taurus. Remember, Moses came down from the mountain and slaughtered all the uh, the Israelites that were worshiping the golden bowl because mm-hmm. he was the age of Aries, and they were the age of Taurus. Right. The next age after that is Pisces, Jesus. All right. So more astrotheology for you. So we have uh, this venom that's going into the water and it's killing people. And basically it's just being utilized to call the society and get the vaccine into their arm. Uh, And the mRNA vaccine, I believe, is genetically altering people. Guess what? One of the first things that the the vaccine affects. Blood. Yeah. The blood. The blood. It's all about the blood. Remember Q always talked about the Red Cross, watch the Red Cross, all these things. Okay. So now we're starting to see this big picture come into view that whatever this evil is, they are trying to genetically alter us. But they're not trying to genetically alter us to basically take over our bodies, to possess our bodies, but instead call us. Now, going back to the mitre. The mitre is representative of a fish. It's actually an Akkadian god by the name of Dagon. D-A-G-O-N. Now, the the Sumerian counterpart, the Dagon, is a god by the name of Enlil. You might know him from the ancient aliens, uh, mm-hmm. Enki and Enlil. Enki was known as the flower of water. He was also represented by the symbol of the serpent. He is the founder of something known as the Brotherhood of the Certain, which serpent, which has basically restored that ancient knowledge that we're talking about was destroyed throughout countless millennia. And Lil, which is known as the cult of the eagle, has been destroying all of the basically esoteric and pagan cults through the last millennia. So Enlil mm-hmm. is the bad guy, Dagon, as the Pope worships, okay? And so basically that is the one who's hijacked the Christian religion and utilize it to decimate all these pagan religions. The pagan religions were founded by Enki. Or the Brotherhood of the Serpent. Okay. And this is why in Christianity, the serpent is evil. Okay. So the mitre that the Pope wears has a gold fringe. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what that gold fringe is called? No. It's called a corona. Oh, just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Just and just so pesky coincidence. And so Dr. Artis talks about the the symbology behind this. I mean, I'm actually gonna have my show Friday. And we're going to talk about this, but the, the COVID. So COVID, if you go and find out that during 2019, they're deciding what to basically call COVID, the, uh, the, uh, the, the World Health Organization, CDC, they're trying to name it, but they wanted to name it with the word virus. They had to have virus in there. So this is how you got COVID. The, the VID part is obviously the VI part is virus, right? Now, mm-hmm. the etymology of the word virus derives from the word venom. Now, Corona, right? Is obviously means crown. And so Corona is what the sun actually shines around itself. This is why God or kings and queens wear the crown. That's mm-hmm. their corona, the coronation, their crown. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. That yeah. means given to my God. So the Corona can actually be considered um, a, like a kingship. And so he puts it together and says, well, it's King Venom, the King's Venom, King Cobra's Venom. And this is, but the symbology is a little off. So here's the thing. Do you remember in ancient Egypt, the pharaohs? Mm-hmm. What did they wear on their head? Oh, they had the serpent. They had the snake. Yeah, and the toys. And the toys is basically this crown that sat around the pharaoh's head that had the cobra mm-hmm. and the uh, the viper. What are the two venoms that uh, Doctor Artist is saying they're using? The cobra and the viper. Oh, just a coincidence. Now, ancient Egypt had the. 
the Golden Crown with the Cobra and the Viper right here. Now, here's the thing. The Cobra and the Viper, the serpent, is not evil. So it sat right here. Now, you remember when I was talking to you about the origins of the evil here a little while ago, Lucifer and everything like that? Mm -hmm. Babylon, Ishtar. Now, Ishtar is a derivation of many different deities from different pantheons. Um, in the Sumerian lore, she's Ayana. Okay. Um, in Roman mythology, she's Minerva. In uh, Greek mythology, she's Athena. Mm -hmm. Now, the story of Athena is actually quite interesting. Oh, by the way, in uh, Babylon, she's known as Ishtar. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And then also Venus, and she's had some attributes of Persephone. But Athena, do you know why they named her Athena? No. Because they had no idea who she was. They had no idea what to call her. So you that's, just a, said that's a modern creation, by the way. Okay? The Romans called her Minerva. The Egyptians called her Isis. Now, Isis wore a veil over her face that hid the secrets of the universe. Okay? Athena was born out of the forehead of Zeus, full born without a mother. And she retained all the knowledge of all the gods. Do you guys see like kind of like something weird here about faces and symbols and the forehead and, and, and the you're... third eye? Yep. I was okay. Just... Athena was born out of the third eye of Zeus and retained all the knowledge. When she came into being and looked at humanity, she did not trust humanity with the knowledge. So she hid the knowledge in darkness. This is actually uh, um, shown in Roman mythology with the goddess Minerva. Minerva was represented by the symbol of the owl. Okay? Oh. Now, the knowledge was given to the owl to keep in the darkness. And that anybody who wanted to go find the owl would have to find the knowledge within the owl and would learn wisdom. This is why the owl is basically symbolized as wisdom. Mm -hmm. Because that's where Athena or Minerva hid the knowledge and from this is humanity. Why, this is why these evil fucks worship the owl. Well, this is why they worship the owl. Because if you go in there in search of the knowledge, okay, and you shine a light in the darkness on the owl, do you remember Bohemian Grove, how they had that big owl and they mm -hmm. had the spotlights flooding on it? Do you know that they weren't worshiping the owl? They were worshiping the shadow that the owl cast? Really? No, I didn't know that. Elongate the ears of the owl with a shadow. Yeah. You get bullhorns. Oh, wow. You get the birth of someone known as Moloch or Baal mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. modern-day Satan. That's why Albert Pike said... Satan is nothing but a fictitious entity. He doesn't exist because it's the creation. And you got to remember, remember the false light? Lucifer, mm -hmm. the false light, the great deceiver. When you shine the false light on the owl and it casts the elongated shadow, you believe that the knowledge is that of Lucifer, Moloch, or Satan that is derived from the owl because that's the great deceiver. The false light is showing you. That's the regular light is showing you. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is called ignorance. This is being out of tune of natural law and not knowing magical process. Now, here's the thing. You remember when we talked about Adonis yeah. and Lucifer being created in the Bible? Lucifer being the sun, the, the, the light of the world, and then Adonis being darkness? Mm -hmm. Adonis is matter. Matter. Literal matter. Where Lucifer is the soul. Do you get it now? Yeah. So Adonis is materialism or matter. Now, if you have light from Adonis, which is light generated from matter, that's the Lucifer light. That's the deceptive light. 
Now, these ancient cults, they didn't call it always Lucifer. They called it Hermes. They called it Prometheus. They called it a lot of different things. They called it the fire of the soul. Mm -hmm. The true light of what they would consider Prometheus or Lucifer. I don't want to scare people off of this, but it would be the seat of your soul. The third eye. Your third eye is where your soul resides. That's the light of God. That's what God created in Genesis. That's the light right there. That's what Albert Pike was trying to say is that the real God is Lucifer in the sense that he's talking about the spiritual center within himself. Okay. So this is why they're trying to calcify our penile gland. And that, oh, this is, this is what everything's coming about to. So if you take that true light, your true spirit, and you shine that light on the owl, now you unlock the mysteries. And what are those mysteries? I've been telling you here for like the last Same two hours. Figures. Yeah. I okay. Figured. So Just, I had to ask the question. I know. I know. Okay. So now understand that the serpent cult was one who kind of like kept this knowledge alive for this long time. And they were represented by this crown and these serpents. Now the serpent is your internal energy centers, your Kundalini energy centers within your body that rise up to your third eye, electrifying it and basically giving you um, these, these heightened states of awareness of consciousness, accelerated and advanced consciousness, psychic powers. Okay. Your mm -hmm. Kundalini is known as the serpent. All right. So, it's when they're symbolizing the, the snakes here on the forehead, they're telling you exactly how to illuminate the darkness that has been taken away from us. So remember, I was just talking about Athena hit the hit the hit the owl in the darkness with all the knowledge. You ever heard of the story of Babylon, the the horror of Babylon, the abomination mm -hmm. of Babylon, known as Ishtar? Yes. So what did Ishtar do to become so bad? Well, Ishtar is Athena. So, well, let me read you something because this will make a lot more sense. This is uh, from Revelations 17. Oh, 17. Uh, yep. The, so the Protestants of the church in Rome from the woman's arrayed in purple and scarlet. Does anybody know the chakra cover, color of your third eye? Purple. Purple. All right. Is this why um, they always wear purple? That's right. So Revelation 17. And upon her forehead was the name written mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. We lost your sound. Nope, we lost you. I was there we go. There uh, we go. So so basically Ishtar they're talking about is a whore and abomination to Babylon and upon the head mystery right here. Mystery. Why? What was Babylon famous for? The tower. The tower of Babel, which we say they in the Bible they say it separated us by tongue, right? Mm -hmm. The word Babel has nothing to do with fucking language. <laughs> okay, the word Bab B A B in in um uh this would be Sumerian or Akkadian derives from the word meaning gate. Mm -hmm. L E L means God. Babel literally means gate of God. Okay? Now, Ishtar is the same derivation as Athena of Minerva. And what did they do? They hid the knowledge from humanity. Uh, Ishtar destroyed the Tower of oh. Babel, the gateway to God, 
the connection between humanity and God. She destroyed it. So they called her an abomination and a whore. That, wow. That's okay. fucking that's fucking wild. So that's... humanity, yeah. So humanity's coming back into this time. So remember, we were talking about the galactic cycles and the solar system moving. Mm -hmm. We're moving through levels of impedance, like very dense and not so dense. Well, springtime in the galactic center, basically of the, our solar system moving into the springtime, our solar system is moving into spring right now and moving out of a very, very high dense area of the galaxy. And so we know this because it's been 8,000 years of darkness. Basically yeah, 8,000 years dark, of impedance. Is this the dark winter we've been hearing so famously of? So we've been in the dark winter. And so I think there's another dark winter that's coming, and it's going to make a lot more sense here in a few minutes. So as we're moving out of this galactic center, this very, very concentrated area of gases and, and matter and cosmic rays, we're going to start moving out. And guess what? You remember that receptability of our DNA and that signal that we get? Mm -hmm. It's going to increase. So there's no more impedance from the galactic center that's basically impeded that signal for the longest time. That means that humanity is on an evolutionary cycle. We're moving into a golden age. And that means all of us are going to begin waking up. Isn't that what's been happening? A lot of us have been waking up. A lot, up of, this a lot of people center. have, yeah. That's right. And yeah. so if you want to think about it, Go back to that radio station and imagine Earth is resonating at 103.5. And most of the people are on a bell curve right around 103.5. Some of them dumb fucks are like at 99.2 and they, they're just lost. They're, they're uh, yeah, gone. Yeah, they get fucked. Right. Many of us have been at like 105 and 107. And for the longest time, we're sitting here going, why don't you guys see what's happening? Why don't you guys see and understand what's going on in the world? How come you can't see it? And those people at 103.5 are like, you guys are fucking crazy. Now the earth is making this transit from 1035 to 105, and we're sitting here going, Oh, this shit's all making sense now. And all those people 1035 are going, What the fuck is going on? I'm crazy. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, it's it the does. great, it's the great awakening. Bingo. Hum humanity's minds are waking up because the signal is intensifying, and we're and our third eye is waking up. Okay. And this scares the living shit out of these uh, these puppet masters on this planet. So, guess what they needed to do? Well, take that crown, cobra, remember? Watch the water, the venom, venom. in the water. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of the VMAT gene, VMAT2? No. It's known as the God gene. So the God gene is what basically uh, is a gene that's expressed in people that are highly religious, highly devout, and highly faithful to some type of a practice. Mm -hmm. Literally, there's a fucking gene for it. I never knew. But it's expressed. The vaccine shuts down the VMAT2 gene. Of course it does. I think it does shuts you I, off from your third eye. I think it does a lot more than that. But didn't Bill Gates speak to like CIA, FBI, a bunch of guys in a room talking about a vaccine shutting down that particular gene? Did you He's, see that video? I've seen the video. There's questionability yeah. if it's real or not. I yeah. think it's real, but a lot of people claim it's fake. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it what we're would, talking about. It would about. remove their faith. So it would remove their faith. I actually had a guy on uh, Dr. Dean Radin. He's the head of... Uh, uh, head of Noet the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences, uh, Edgar Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually talked about this, and they've actually done studies and trials on it, and it's real and legitimate. The people that have that VMAT gene are actually more susceptible to be psychic, and they have uh, you know different types of spiritual experiences. Okay, so we have our third eye, which is waking up. We have our third eye, which is waking up. 
right? We have this gene that expresses that helps that waking up process. We have the increase of this, this energy around us, which is helping us wake up and bringing more knowledge into the system. And these guys are down there shutting off that gene. And not only that is the snake venom COVID. It starts to break down the acetyl, um, not the acetylcysteine. It's the, uh, the NAC barriers that surround your pineal gland. That's exactly then, what they're doing. Is they're on top of all the fluoride they pump into us. Right. So what they're trying to do, and this is why you're getting transhumanism. And NAC is also a supplement, is it not? It is. And they stopped selling that supplement. That's right. Yeah. Acetylcysteine. Uh, but so here's the key. Is this whole transhumanism push, you know, the, the poisoning of our food for 30 years and the pumping of estrogens into the food, which give, you know, little boys tits and they begin to think that they're girls and their parents say, oh, you're a girl. Let's cut off your dick and give you a pussy. Right. Like yeah. this whole thing that's happened. This is not transhumanism. This is dehumanization. Yes. See, what they're that. doing is they're shutting us off from each other because they're basically turning off the soul, plugging us into an alternative reality of virtual metaverse member uh the the concert in texas with the whole meta and the eight yep the eight the whole figure the whole and travis scott the, yeah. the whole the whole sun moving through the sky the moon moving through the sky in the figure eight the whole solar system moving through the sky in the figure the eight mouth, means beyond yeah. god yep eight means beyond god okay so they're shutting us off shutting us down now do you know what the gnostics claimed was the greatest power of how the Archons communicated with humanity? No, not blood. They called it virtual reality. Oh. So. Just the slave matrix, right, right to where we're heading. The slave matrix is about where we're headed. That, exactly. All this stuff that I just talked about, this is the slave matrix in a series. But you have to understand, the reason they're shutting off the VMAT gene, the reason that they're poisoning our brains and shutting down the higher faculties, they're killing off people, is because they don't want us to wake up. Because when we wake up and we're unified, we fucking destroy them. They're fucked. They, they cannot touch us when we're unified. This is why you have all the mass disinformation, propaganda. This the is division. why we're on the verge of World War III. The division, everything. Race, this is so sex, all these, yeah, all these infiltrations, the fifth columns, the uh, the 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 communists, the socialists. These people have all since been taken over, most likely by these beings. Mm -hmm. In my so, opinion, I have a couple questions that have to do with this. And uh, before we do, shout out to our sponsor. I totally forgot to do that earlier. Serious CBD, number one CBD on the planet, 100% full spectrum. Go to serious-cbd.com, put in code WPR USA for 15% off. It does help your penile gland. Yeah, it'll definitely clear everything out. Yeah, your, your big penile gland. Um, so as you were mentioning earlier, how Albert Pike was making these these distinctions, why and 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 Aleister Crowley, why is it that all of these celebrities like the Jay-Z's and all of these evil pieces of shit constantly idolize people like Albert Pike and Aleister Crowley? Because they don't know their dick from their face. Well, yeah. Quite honestly. No, no. So Satanism and Luciferianism in the 20th century is not what I explained. What I just explained to you, which like is the, the root origin of all these things, mm -hmm. that is not what is out there right now. You have a massive deception 
within these secret societies, within these mystery schools, of the true derivation of the meaning of all of this stuff. Right now, Lucifer is a demon, is a bad guy, and they worship the demon and the bad guy. This is most likely some avatar that's playing on this planet right now. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, the same thing with Aleister Crawley and Albert Pike. They thought that they were communicating with ancient beings from our past when they were really mm -hmm. communicating with fucking evil. They, so they were just they were they were just misinterpreting what they were being fed. Not misinterpreting. They, they so they saw the truth in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So they would do a ritual and the fucking shit would actually happen. They would get money. They would get power. They would get fame. They would get fortune. Well, if you think about it, was it true? Was it the truth they had wanted to see if you could make your own reality? I don't know. I, I can't yeah. speak for them. No. I, in, in Alistair Crawley, um, what, what was it? Al so I know that um, uh, LeVay, yeah, the, the, the founder of the, yeah, his, Anthony, uh, Anton LeVay. The Lucifer, the Satan religion, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Is that when, um, when he died, right? Everybody was surrounding him, yes, and he yes. went to close his eyes, and he said, "Oh, oh no, oh fuck, I was wrong." Yep, yep. He literally yeah. that. You're right. You're and then Alistair Crawley said something very, very similar, mm -hmm. and he goes, "Oh, that's not right." So. You have to ask yourself, were they seeing a different heaven or were they their souls that they gave up to these higher dimensional beings being taken into that higher dimensional world as a slave? Because, Josh, you were saying before, and I was wondering, because you said that they always want something in return. And I'm thinking to myself, well, they have nothing other than their souls that I would think that these entities could possibly want. And is that it? Ultimately, when you when you give yourself to these entities, They'll lie to you and deceive you, and ultimately what you're doing is you're giving them your soul. Well, that's what a lot of these celebrities do is they sell it. Even Kanye West, he's like, I sold my soul for all these riches and, and wealth, and I'm trying to take it back. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look at Will Smith just recently, right? Oh, what a joke. Yeah. So if you look at Will Smith's face, did you see when Jada filmed him in the house? No. Did you see this the other day? It's like he's in his house and Jada comes up to him and starts talking to him. And there's a video out there of her. She posted it on her social media, right? And he basically, she goes, how do you feel about me filming you right now? And he goes, you know, well, he's talking, she's talking about a woman that was about to come on her show and how they've helped her through her relationship. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, and uh, he, she's, he, she looks at him and says, how do you feel about her coming on the show? And he goes, you know how I feel is that you should tell me before you're going to record me because I'm in control of my own social media. And you can see Will Smith is having a breakdown. And that face that Will Smith is making right now, if you go look at that video, is the look of someone who realized that he wasn't married to someone he loved, but instead married to the woman who was his handler. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Jada says, I have, I'll stare Perel coming on the show. Now that's interesting because the woman's name's Esther Perel, not Alster, Esther Perel. Now mm -hmm. you can kind of pronounce Esther as Esther, but you know Esther Perel is directly connected to a woman by the name of Marina Bramovic. My favorite lady. I fucking love her. Now they're they're best friends, and Jada's having her on her show coming up here. And not Abramovic, but instead uh, Aster Perel. Now the Aster name is interesting because guess what? I just told you a little while ago. We're about to have the Easter holiday. Did you know the Easter holiday was modeled after Esther? It was also modeled modeled after Oster, E O S T R E. Okay, the goddess of fertility. 
Now, that's also known as um, Ishtar. Again. Or Aster. Or Astar A. Now, from Alistair Crawley's writings himself, along with her status as an archetype of goddess, Crawley believed that Babylon, the goddess of Babylon, had an earthly aspect or avatar, a living woman who occupied the spiritual office of the Scarlet Woman, and that was alive on Earth right now, and he knew her in his time, and he believes that she's reincarnated every cycle. And guess what she would call herself? A stare. A stare. Oh, just happens to be Marina Abramovich's best friend. That's right. That's fucking wild, dude. It is, yeah, it's, it, it, that's, like, it's a fucking rabbit hole, man. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. So, so then... We should redo this on acid. Yeah, we should definitely all take acid and redo this whole entire conversation and see what happens. Um, I have some. Um, so ha- let me ask you this then, because that's, that's a total fucking mind fucking we've covered Marina Ramovich on this show at, at great length. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, cause we could, when we first met, we, we had a lot of really good conversations about Q. Now, uh, a lot of people that listen to us know my take on Q. How does Q fit into all of this or, or the idea of Q? Cause that's kind of where I've led my research to. So there's certain things about Q that don't make sense. So if you look at True Social right now, there's a profile on there that's at Q. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't go create a single letter profile on True Social. You have to be approved. The profile was created on February 9th, which means it has created the inception of True Social as one of the admin accounts. Um, They're either utilizing Q as a mechanism of advertising to bring people in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or some people associated with that group are Q. Um, I think it's a little collaboration of both. Uh, I know uh, one of my buddies was actually at Mar-a-Lago. So if you remember that post that Q did on uh, uh, True Social and they were having beers on Flannel Mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. With Cash Patel. Yeah. My my buddy was right at that table right before they took the picture. I know everybody who was at that table. Really? And what did he have to say? He, he He said they're Q. He said they've always been Q, those guys. So if that's true or not, I don't know. But there's an odd aspect about Q. And this comes about through knowing more about conspiracy than those guys actually lead on. I don't see Devin Nunes as the type to be kind of like, you know, very conspiratorial and stuff like that in the sense of the esoteric and the occult. I don't mm-hmm. see Cash Patel and I don't see Michael Whitaker or Matthew Whitaker the former attorney, uh, uh, acting, the, attorney. The acting attorney general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just gave away all three names, by the way, at the table. Uh, but I, I don't see any of those three guys being into the occult, the esoteric, or really truly understanding something known as the great awakening, which has been talked about for millennia. And so there's this esoteric aspect of Q. Um, I think that those guys are the Q that was kind of, uh, happening throughout the last few years. Well, there's, there's multiple, you know, we, we were told seven military, three non-military roughly that know the whole scope. Yep. Yep. And, uh, the military, I think we can kind of understand who those people were. Um, I know, uh, I know a, a few of them, um, mm-hmm. but none of those people are in power anymore. Or as, as far as we know. Right. 
And so a lot of hope is being generated here on a lot of different things like devolution theory on, uh, you know, the, the next election and stuff like that. Um, my perspective, and I'll be straight up blunt and honest with you. If you go listen to my show at the intro, they're going to tell you I'm the bearer of doom and gloom. My intro says the bearer of doom and gloom. You got to go through the darkness before you get to the light, guys. 100%. 100%. Uh, fucking, is, I'll tell you right now, it's pretty fucking dark right now, though. I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's about to get much fucking darker. Much fucking worse. I agree. But it's so, still, it's pretty fucking dark right now. Well, I know you guys all know each other, but I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I did this on my show. And we had about a 90% rate of people that raised their hand for this question. Shoot. How many of you guys know or your audience members know? Know of somebody who got the vaccine that had an adverse effect, either blood clot, stroke, heart problem, neurological problems, or dead. That is statistically improbable. Unless there's going to be more to come. Understand that. I I just lost my brother-in-law. I just lost my brother-in-law like a week ago. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Triple jab. 34 years old. Oh, it's heartbreaking, okay. man. It is. But yeah, it's terrifying. Both my parents got them. Five people on my street. Neurological problems, heart problems, blood clots. Okay? Deion Sanders lost two of his toes because of the fucking blood clot. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen. People are going to start going away. Okay? We got to be ready for that darkness because that's the darkness that's coming. Um, They are not going to let Republicans win in November, they cannot. They no, cannot not Republicans, America First candidates. Right. They're going to they let Republicans win, but they're not going to be the uh, Republicans that we want. They're going to be the Republicans that we've been getting for this entire fucking forever. So I've always talked about what we call the global firestorm event. Mm-hmm. The global firestorm event. And by the way, I said this about two and a half years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you're going to have is you're going to have cyber attacks on infrastructure and energy. The second thing you're going to have is global supply chain collapse and shortages. The mm-hmm. third thing that you're going to have is political instability within the local, the state, and the federal levels. The th- fourth thing you're going to have is you're going to have a global financial collapse. And the fifth thing that you're going oh, and then you're also going to have a resurgence of another variant of the virus. And the last thing that you're going to have is World War III breaking out, most likely going to happen. And I said this two and a half years ago. You can check the record. Between China, Taiwan, Israel, and Iran, and Russia in Europe. It's what do we all crazy have right now? Every, all this shit happening right now. I was just going to say, everything that you just said is literally like right around the fucking corner or already happening. Like it's literally the writing is on the wall. Because Q says what? When do you expend ammunition? Uh, when, when the world's about to collapse on top of you, when your whole world's about to be pulled out from under you and you're about to lose your power, that's when you expend your ammunition. Mm-hmm. We got 2,000 mules coming out. We have election reform. We have decertification most likely going to happen in Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Michigan, because of 2,000 mules. Okay. And so that's going to happen all before the election, probably right after the primaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And that means our whole world is going to start collapsing and these people are going to be held responsible. Um, Trump actually put out some Q stuff the other day. He, he, I did a decode on it with uh, some of Trump's posts, and I said, oh, he's pointing to 11.3, the first marker. And I said, I bet John John Podesta is going to be tied into the Durham investigation somehow. And it was just announced today that John Podesta was interviewed by Johnny D. That's it. 
just and I call this oh, just a coincidence though. Just just a yep. coincidence. So when they start to come down and they start to get taken down, they're gonna fight back. And of that's how they're they gonna fight back. They will scorch this planet and destroy every living thing on it before well, they ever give up power. Josh, I, I've been saying that on our show for a while. Me and Nick actually go back and forth a lot because I said I said once it gets to that point, they're gonna shut everything down. There's gonna be no internet, there's gonna be fucking supply chains, it's going to be a total fucking shit show and i and, and it's the only thing that i could see them doing when it gets to that point because they will not go quietly they will not just say oh you fucking got us fuck we're fucked they're, they're gonna not gonna literally pull out all the tomorrow. stops huh they're, they're not gonna regroup and come back tomorrow no they're, they're they're gonna pull out all the stops like it's not like they're gonna be like son of a bitch they got us we're yeah. fucked you know what I'm saying? Like the like the old uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons when they catch the bad guy. Like, yeah. better luck next time, guys. You know, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to literally shut everything down, and they're not going to let the flow of information come out. So, yeah, like, Nick, Nick says it's not going to happen. No, they could try. They're going to try. It's just not going to happen. So You're going to do their very best to, to do that, but it's not going to happen. So I've also said this, is that when this global firestorm event happens, it's going to happen. The world is going to come to a point of vulnerability which means that them themselves become vulnerable, okay? Mm -hmm. This is why Russia is doing what they're doing right now because they notice that they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It was the weakest point, okay? Mm -hmm. And when this actually happens, they're going to become so vulnerable that nations like China and Russia can overtake them and do something about it. People like Trump, I think, negotiated deals, and this was the deal. Do Do you think... That uh, Xi is working with Trump and possibly Putin. Do you think that may be in the realm of possibility? So I think that Trump had a communication with Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin when he was president. I, I agree. I think that he turned Xi Jinping on the globalists by showing them that they don't care about you and they're going to betray you and your people. And that the moment that they take power, you lose all your power. And I think Xi Jinping saw this, especially with the, the whole coronavirus, how the coronavirus actually happened in the Wuhan lab. That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Why would they leak it right there in the right next to the lab that generated it? Makes mm-hmm. no sense. If you go to event 201 and you actually read it, you find out that the virus in event 201 was exactly verbatim except for one thing. And that's where it was released. It was supposed to be released in South America in a wet market. But instead, it was released right next to China. I think it was China who betrayed the globalists that either released it on the globalists right next to the Wuhan lab to tie it all back. Or it was Trump that did it in China that basically show Xi Jinping that the globalists don't have his back. And that's, so I don't think Xi Jinping is working with Trump and I don't think he gives two fucks about Trump. I don't think Vladimir Putin gives two fucks about Trump. I think what they give a shit about is the sovereignty of their nation. Bingo. Moving forward. And I that agree. Is so critical to understand that right now we're moving to, towards a new world order. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get out of a world government. It's happening. It's the next evolution of our society. Okay. It's happening. But it's a choice right now between a techno fascist totalitarian dictatorship ran by oligarchs and multinationalists and an unelected board of rulers or it's going to be a world government formulated by sovereign nations who keep and maintain their own sovereignty and independence, but formulate a more efficient governmental body than the UN. 
Well, in the UN, the League of Nations, that was all a globalist outpost from from Jump Street. And I, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I agree. I, th- I think Trump, I think G and Putin both could give two shits about Trump and America. I think they're nationalists. They care more about their, like, I think Xi Jinping wants his own global domination. Like, I truly believe that's what Xi Jinping wants. But that goes directly against what the new world order wants and the globalists want. Because if, if, if the globalists get control, Xi Jinping doesn't get what he wants. Putin, I think he truly believes he wants not truly believes. I think he truly wants to bring back the the original USSR. I think he <laughs> wants. I, I think that's what he wants. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think Putin is uh, an eternal optimist. I think that Putin is uh, incredibly spiritual and well connected. And I think Putin knows every the truth about everything that I've already talked about. Oh, okay? I, I agree, and he's spoken about it publicly. He's yep. he's he's in public forums he has spoken about these things but at the end of the day i still think he's he he's a a nationalist he wants what's best for russia oh absolutely 100 and i think that involves taking it back eastern europe i agree i but i I don't ukraine's a hotbed do you think the china ukraine c-h-y-y-n-a has anything to do with the the um because they had a bio lab over there they they did have they didn't have a bio lab there. They had a bio lab near there. Um, it could have been a reference. I I don't believe in coincidences. I don't um, either. So China. He, here's the thing. Go back if you want when you when you understand. Watch the water of how they're basically genetically modifying either a virus or snake venom and putting it into the water supply, and it's genetically targeting certain people with comorbidities or even certain genetic variations of people. Um, you can understand why the bio labs were there in the first place. Because that's exactly what they were doing. All of these facilities were generating COVID. We're building these COVID or snake venoms, whatever the fuck it was. Now, if you remember, if you go back to the Q post, he says Corona 1 offline, Corona 3 offline. Many people thought that these were the Corona spy satellites by the Central Intelligence Agency. They weren't. They were remote Corona facilities that were probably in operation in the United States. Biolabs, you think? Yep, biolabs in the United States that were in operation that were meant to basically start dumping this shit into the water supply that was going to genetically target you, me, and everybody else. That's why Trump said, I saved 100 million people by doing what I did. And I, I, I've been saying that for a minute. You're 100% right. That's actually that's actually fucking brilliant take. That's a fucking perfect take. Because, no, you're right. It's, it's fucking bananas how deep these rabbit holes go and how optics are so important. And that's something that Q talks about all the time. Um, The optics of what's going on for the average American and what's actually really going on are two totally different stories. Yeah. And if you're not, if your, your thumb is not on the pulse of what's going on, you have, it's every, everything that you can't see right in front of your face is way over your head and you're not, not picking up on it. And it's, and it's really sad. And unfortunately, uh, the media has such a stronghold still on so many minds, but thankfully for people like yourself, the other shows that are that are out there, so many other great uh, podcasts, great uh, YouTube channels, except well, not much YouTube anymore, but Rumble channels, I should say, um, that are putting out great content that are sharing this information everywhere. And I truly believe that, in my opinion, I think Q's purpose wasn't to save the world. I think Q's purpose was to create this army of digital soldiers 
to share all of this information far and wide. Because like you, Josh, we've been doing this for decades. I've been doing this since like 0405, screaming at the top of my lungs talking about this shit. James, nobody believes you. Jay, you're crazy. To the point where I kept it close to my vest. I didn't talk to anybody about it because I got made fun of so much for saying this wild man shit. James. uh Uh-huh. Do you remember when Trump went met with the generals and the admirals in the White House on October 17th before the uh, queue started posting? Yep, and this is goes, the calm before the storm. Do you all know what this is? Yep. And they said, what is that, Mr. President? Oh, you'll find out. What is it? It's the calm before the storm. And everybody, what's the calm before the storm? They fucking lost their shit. Well, here's the thing. The calm before the storm. C-O-M-M before the storm. The communication... Q is the communication mm-hmm. before the storm. Wow. That actually, yeah, that, that that's brilliant because I really think about it. Double meaning. Correct? Everything has double meanings. Yes. But really, really think about it. I mean, it, it, prior to Q, there was a bunch, there was definitely some hardcore, I hate to use the word, but quote unquote conspiracy theorists that were sharing truth far and wide. You listed a bunch, Bill Cooper, David Icke, so many of them. And they had cult followings. They had big audiences, but they were like niches. It wasn't like a a, a global, worldwide thing where people were talking about it. Fast forward to today, it is now almost the cool thing to be the conspiracy theorist, the red pill guy, the guy who's got all the knowledge. Like People want to hear it, and they're thirsting for knowledge. A lot of people, way more than ever before, maybe not everybody, but a very large amount of people are thirsting for information. And I truly believe that if Q did not exist, that kind of scenario would not be possible. We wouldn't be as organized as we are today. We wouldn't be doing cross-platform stuff. We wouldn't be able to pick each other up when we get banned and deleted from all these platforms like we do. It would just be a bunch of random people just screaming at the top of their lungs with no organization. Hey, look over here, guys. I got this information. Rather than sitting here and and really, it's really been coordinated at this point. Like a lot of shows, a lot of big accounts, we all work together and and pass information back and forth. Like I always go to you with questions. You come to me with questions. These guys, it's, it's all, uh, we're all working together. And I don't think that would ever, ever happened if Q did not exist. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's an interesting world, but you know what? At the end of the day, work on yourself. It's all about yourself. It's all about you and your connection with God. If mm-hmm. you're cool with that, if you're good with that, your connection with God, nothing else fucking matters. Amen. You know, you know, Amen. It, it, I've always talked about this, and and I, I we got I know we got a few minute, few more minutes left, but um, I'll leave you all with this: is I can't know you, I can't be inside your brain, I can't know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Means I, I can only know you through an interpretation of how well I know myself. Now think about that: I whatever you say vibrates within something within me, and I know that within me, and that's how I can interpret you. That's how we all interact is we, we can't know each other. We can only know that part of you that resonates within me, within inside me. And so that means that personal development, developing myself, realizing myself with the, 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 uh, the Gnostics or with the, the Socrates called ipsum te gnosis, know thyself. This whole journey inward, this introspection into your soul and to who you are, it matters. Because the more you introspect into yourself and you understand yourself more, you get to understand people better. You get to understand James and everybody else way more because you know yourself better. Because that's the only way that you can ever know somebody. But here's the kicker. Turn that internal. 
The only way that you can ever know God is as well as you know yourself. Yeah. If he created you in his image, absolutely. That's 100%. right. You cannot know God better than you know yourself. Period. So that means that personal development, knowing thyself, is this progression towards knowing God as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and this is why they, they inundate us with all these distractions, video games, TV shows, circ, bread and circus. So we're constantly distracted. Like, people do not like to be by themselves. Like, I've noticed that. Like, I've noticed a lot of people, they have a hard time being by themselves, sitting in silence, doing nothing. Yeah. Like millions and millions of people have major for many years. That's I did me. Well. Shit. That's all I do. <laughs> I sit down here in my studio and that's, I mean, that's, I'm just yep. doing research all the time. Same. Uh, but, but a lot of people have issues with it. Yeah. So it's, and it's, it's by design. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, by accident. It's a hundred percent by design. That's right. But so, so James, I got uh so I just created a new sub stack. So if people want to learn more about this, I'm actually writing the episodes on my sub stack before they go live on um, the uh, slaymatrix.com. So you're a glutton for punishment is what you're saying. You just love to fucking pile more work on yourself. I do. I do. <laughs> so uh, they can find my, uh, my, my sub stack. Easiest way is we're at redpills.tv and they can go to redpills.tv slash sub stack. Send me the link. I'm going to link it in the description for everybody so they can click on it down below. Also, uh, where else can everybody find you? I know you got you got a little Instagram. You got your own Roku channel. You're you're with us on the Patriot Podcast yep. Network live every every day except for Tuesdays at eight thirty because we stole your eight thirty slot. That's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're 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 on the Patriot Podcast Network with us. It's a great network. You got your own little Roku set up. You got you got a lot of places. So tell our audience where they could find you. Yeah, man, Red Pills TV. Just go to type that in your URL and hit enter. R e d p i l l s dot TV. That'll take you to everywhere we are. We have all of our podcasts. We stream live on that platform. We have, we're on Rumble, uh, Red Pill Project on Rumble. It's just Rumble. I think it's Red Pill Project. I, I don't fucking know. Uh, Telegram is shit. I don't remember my Telegram. That's how I, I'm actually on there every day. Uh, Telegram good? is Red Pills TV. Yeah, Telegram. T.me slash Red Pills TV. All one word. Pretty easy. Dot TV. I'm just putting it in the foxhole chat for everybody. Everybody's like, yo, put, post the fucking link. Um, yep. well, Josh, man, we really appreciate you coming on. We definitely got to do this again. I know we, we were flirting with the idea of maybe doing a little collab show once a week or every other week. Um, so you might see me and you do some work together. Yeah. Uh, the super smart guy and the retard, um, <laughs> they will call it something like that. Yeah. We'll call it something, something cool, like really smart nerd and retard, uh, well, do a show together. But well, we're hey. doing a lot of work together, dude. I really appreciate all your work and your research. I have much respect for, for you. Uh, and thanks for coming on, man. It was it was truly a blast. Appreciate it, gents, as well. Uh, if you're anybody's in Western New York, Western New York, WYSL 1040 AM and all of their stations, I have a show that's on Saturdays, 11 AM, Sundays, 11 AM, called Dark Delight. As of May 2nd, it's going to be daily. Noon every day between Glenn Beck and Dan Bongino, radio station, WYSL, 1040 AM. You can also find another website. It's also on our all our podcasts as well. So I'm doing another fucking show every well, day. Make sure you, if you invite us, tell us beforehand that we can't curse because we're a bunch oh, of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely can't do that on there. Definitely can't do that. I did my first syndicated show. I was like sitting there like, oh, shit. Just be careful what you say, James. Don't fucking yep. say anything stupid. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, brother, I appreciate you, man. Uh, Thanks, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do this again. And uh, it, it, 
until next time, guys, where we go one, we go all. Take care, guys. You can't handle the truth.